the Lord's advocate for the new creation. This sort of came to me yesterday when I heard somebody say the devil's advocate. Talked about an individual being the devil's advocate. And I got to thinking how we are the Lord's advocate and for the new creation. I am constantly amazed at the greatness of God's word and the great truth of it. And I believe on this special occasion, the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ at the right hand of God is the most priceless truth that my heart knows this day. Jesus Christ is the defense attorney general for every son and daughter in the family of God. And his ministry, his ministry before God for every son and daughter of God is absolutely priceless. In Hebrews chapter 7, in verse 25, it says, Wherefore, he is able also to save them to what? The uttermost. He does the saving. He is able to save to the uttermost them that come unto God by him. That come to God by whom? By him, through Jesus Christ. He is not a way among all the other ways of the world. Far as we are concerned, and as far as the Bible, God's word is concerned, there is only one way, and that's the way of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is not a way, he is the way. That's what John 14 says. I am the way, Jesus said. I am the way, the truth, and the what? This is not a way among a lot of other ways. Far as I'm concerned, this place is dedicated to the glory of God and his wonderful son, Jesus Christ, and nobody else. We're not coming in here to have spiritualistic meetings. We're not coming in here to do Buddhistic meetings, Mohammedan meetings, and all the other kinds of meetings. If they want to do that, that's their business in their place. Our business is the business we think God's called us to. And that's why we dedicate this place today to the Lord Jesus Christ. People say to me, well, aren't those other good people going to heaven? I don't know. You ask God. (laughs) All I know is that the Bible says that there's only one way to the true God. And that's his wonderful son, Jesus Christ. And it says he's able to save to what? The uttermost. That means that there's nobody ever so bad, so far degraded, so far down, but that God's arms are underneath to lift him up through Jesus Christ. Well, praise the Lord, that's how you and I got here. Because he was able to save us to what? The uttermost. Now look at the last part of this, and that's why my heart just rings. Seeing he, Jesus Christ, ever liveth to make intercession for them whom he has saved to the uttermost. He makes intercession. Not my grandma, 
Not my dead sainted brothers or something. Not somebody else except Jesus Christ, people. He makes intercession. I think that's fantastic. I wouldn't know of anybody any better. Know a lot of people a lot worse, but not any better. He makes intercession. You see, that's the priceless truth of the ministry of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that he makes intercession today, right now, for those of us who have been saved. He makes intercession. Look at Romans 8. Romans 8, 34. Who is he that condemneth? The text reads, Shall Christ who died, yea, rather that is risen again? He's not going to do it. Who is even at the right hand of what? God. Who also makes intercession for us. Boy, what a priceless truth of the ministry of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That at this very moment, this very day, Jesus Christ is making intercession for us. That's the ministry of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Look at First Timothy. Chapter 2, verse 5. For there is one God and one mediator, one mediator between God and what? And that is the what? The man what? What does it say? The man what? That's right. Is that what it says? That's what it means. Now, I don't care what other men have done in fabricating the truth. That's their responsibility. I don't care particularly what they believe. That's their responsibility. But I am concerned about what you believe if you're going to sit under my ministry of teaching. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm going to teach you what the Word says. If it contradicts everything else you've been taught, that's your fault, not mine. And if you've been brought up and wrongly taught, that again is your fault, not mine. I didn't write the book. If you're going to play tennis, people, let's get honest. You don't play it by a football rule book. Now, sometimes they play basketball by football, I guess, but you get thrown out after five. You play basketball by what? You play tennis by what? Now, if you and I honestly and logically are going to play in God's league, we're going to have to play by God's word. Not by what tradition has said, not by what people have said, but what does the word say? The word says there's one God. And there's one what? Mediator. One mediator. One. Not a half a dozen. Not 5,000. One mediator. One mediator between God and men. And that is the man. The man. Not God. The what? Is that what it says? That's what I mean. And if you don't like it, you tell God. (laughs) And don't come and argue with me. Don't come up and bring up all your theological hogwash. 
bring up the clearness of the beauty of God's divine word. That's fresh drinking water. That's not hogwash. (laughs) Boy, you see, the ministry of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, fantastic. The world wants us to believe that, you know, every good guy is good for heaven and every going on a junk. See, no man is good. If any man's good, it's only because of what God made him. And it's the goodness of Christ within. Jesus Christ is that mediator. He is the intercessor. Boy, what a ministry he has for us and how little we've really appreciated it. Because you sit around and say, oh, golly, well, I suppose I have to figure this all out. What are we going to do with all these grounds here? Not going to stew and fret about it. Christ is ministering for me like he is for you. I expect his guidance. I expect his inspiration. I expect his to know his will. Look, I had an earthly father. If I wanted to know his will, you know what I'd do? Ask him. Ask him. Didn't ask him half the time, got in trouble. But <laughs> but asked him more frequently, I'd stay a lot more trouble, I guess. Okay, I got a heavenly father. If I want to know someone, I'm going to do. Sure. And I got the greatest intercessor, the greatest mediator. Top connection, top priority, straight through. Direct dial. Whatever you want. Always hotline. One mediator between God and men. The man, what? Christ Jesus. Look at First John. <laughs> the epistle, you know. First John chapter 2, verse 1. My little children, these things write unto you that ye sin not. But if any man sin, we have an advocate. A defense attorney, that's an advocate. Defense attorney. And I told you, he's the top defense attorney general. The defense attorney with the Father, and it tells you who it is, what? Jesus Christ, the what? The righteous. He is our defense attorney. Do you think God's interested in his kids? Do you think a loving earthly father is interested in his kids, his children? How much more a heavenly father? But you see, we've never been taught this. We've never believed it. Because basically what we've been taught is just, just, you know, slave yourself to death or do something and worry yourself to death and everything else. And finally, maybe if you worry enough and bleed your heart out enough, you'll make heaven. Oh, people. <laughs> We have a defense attorney with the Father, with God, Jesus Christ. That's his ministry for us. Man, he's fighting for us. He's holding for, he's covering for us when we can't cover ourselves. He is doing it. Man, you just got to magnify this word of truth in your life and begin believing it. And then your your steps take on a real spiritual effervescence, growth. You you once again feel like you're a real man of God, like a real woman of God. That's the ministry of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That word of deliverance, that word that sets men and women free, that Jesus Christ, the mediator between God and man, that he does the interceding for. They need to hear it like you've heard it. 
No matter what men and women say, think, or do, it's God's word. Boy, oh boy. Look at verse 9. Ha. <laughs> I guess. Chapter 2, verse 1, I did. Hereby we know, verse 3, Seth, whosoever keepeth his word, verse 5, spotted him. Brethren, I write no new commandment in you, but an old commandment, which ye from the, the old commandment of the word, which ye've heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment. The thing is true in you, because darkness is what? And the true light, now what? Science. That's right. That's the verse I wanted. The true light, now what? Shining. True his son, Jesus Christ. And that's something. Boy. Yeah, look at Ephesians. Chapter 2. For by grace, verse 8, are you what? Right. True faith, true believing, and that not of your what? It is a what? The the God. He is our Savior. He is our Savior, and we got it by grace, people. And that not of our own works, it's a what? A gift. And ladies and gentlemen, when God gives a gift, it's given. You know, sometimes when I give a gift, I borrow back a piece of gum. But when God gives a pack, it's over with. See? That's right. It's over with. He, when he gives a gift, it has no strings attached to it. Have you watched people's talk, men's talk, women's talk? Many times they talk about giving you a gift, but it's got strings on it. It's no gift. A gift, biblically, has no strings attached. That's right. Salvation is a gift. It's a gift. No strings attached. He gave what he said he gave, and he gave it to every born, every person who's born again. Same gift. And boy, among those things is that one in First Corinthians one thirty that just makes my heart ring this morning again. <laughs> First Corinthians chapter one, verse thirty. But of him, of him, are ye of God? Are ye in Christ? What? Who of God? Jesus Christ, who of God, is made unto us wisdom. Wisdom is the right application of knowledge. And he is made unto us, what? Righteousness. You know, he's not only our Savior. He is our wisdom. He is our righteousness. He is our sanctification, and he is our what? That's the ministry of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I think the capstone of the finished work of Christ is given in Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. Who being the brightness, the word brightness is effulgence, you know, just radiating effulgence, Brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, which he had by himself purged our sins. He sat down when he had purged our sins. He sat down 
on the right hand of the majesty on high. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty from on high. That's God, our Father. That's why the ministry of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, at the right hand of God, is the most priceless truth that my heart could share with you today. After it was all finished, he sat down. When we'd been purged of what sins? That's why the word talks about remission and talks about forgiveness. Remission of sins is for the unsaved sinner to get saved. Forgiveness of sins is for the saved sinner if he blows it after he's saved. Jesus Christ purged us from all that sin. And then he sat down. And whenever the Bible uses the word sat, it means something is completely, completely complete. The word rested in Genesis. After six days, it said God rested. Didn't rest because he's worn out. He rested because he had finished everything. The word rested is the word sat. And after six days, God sat. He rested. Here in Hebrews, it said when Jesus Christ had done the whole trip, he what? Sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Completely complete. It's an interesting thing about this word rested or sat in Genesis. It's made up of three radicals. And those three radicals that make up the word rested are the hardest radicals in the Estrangilo Aramaic language. The hardest thing for God to do was to sit down. Rest. I think sometimes the hardest thing for you to do is to sit down and rest. You always want to be doing something. You always want to be messing here, there, and yonder. And sometimes we work so hard for the work of the Lord that we forget to worship him who is our Lord. You got to get to the place that you just rest. You just sit down and say, well, thank you, Lord. I've done all that I can. You'll have to do the rest. You put your spiritual automobile in neutral and wait till God tells you which way to shift. Really something? I think that's the capstone of the finished work of Christ. There's one more verse in First Timothy I want to share. Chapter 4. And that's in verse 10. For therefore, because of all of this which I've shared, we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living home, who is the Savior of all men, very especially of those that do one thing. What? Because of the capstone of the finished work of Christ, therefore, 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 I know that Jesus Christ is good. God is good. He's the Savior of all, especially of those of us who did one thing. What? Believe. But I'm thankful to God for all of us being a part of the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that we stand together holding forth God's word in our day and time. 